Hey youth, it's Pastor Luke. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this awesome message. Tonight, we are continuing our series in 1 Peter chapter 4. And the title of tonight's talk is, What Are You Made Of? Everyone say, what are you made of? What are you made of? That is the title of tonight's talk. And uh, we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, I don't know much time and I got a lot to get through. So uh, we're going to pray one more time. Just invite the Holy Spirit and we are going to get started. Jesus, thank you for an opportunity, Lord, not just to read your word, but to be transformed. Lord, to be changed, to look more like you. And Lord, our prayer is that we would not be caught being just hearers. But Lord, we want to truly be transformed by your word. Maybe some of us have been waiting to hear your voice. We're like, oh, I'm just not hearing from God right now. Lord, I thank you that every time we open up your word, we're hearing from you. We're hearing your voice. We don't need to be some super seasoned prophetic Christian to hear your voice, Lord. We can open up your scripture and hear directly from your heart. Change us, mold us tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. So verse one in chapter four, First Peter chapter four, verse one. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you've suffered physically for Christ, you've finished, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you you will be anxious to do the will of God. This whole book of 1 Peter that we've been in, if you've been here most weeks, you've probably caught kind of this common theme that Peter is talking a lot about suffering. And a lot of us have maybe discounted ourselves from some of these messages or we talked, talked about suffering a lot. And you're sitting there and you're like, dude, I'm not suffering. My, I'm chilling, bro. Like my life is fine. Like I'm good for the most part. Yeah, I've got my things here and there. I wanna say there are levels to suffering, okay? There's like crazy illness or loss or depression or like just dark, serious stuff that you're going through in your life and that's suffering. But everything that is the result of the fall, of the original sin, of this broken world that we are in, all the brokenness of the world is a result of the fall. And it is in and of itself a version or a level of suffering. I'm not gonna say that like when you stub your toe, you're suffering, but also kind of like when we're in pain, emotional, physical, spiritual, we're experiencing something that was not part of God's intention for our existence. So don't count yourself out of a message like this one just because your cat didn't die this week or something like that. Like, or don't discount yourself because you're like, dude, I'm not suffering. If you are in this world, in the, the brokenness of this world, if you're facing temptation, you're facing compromise, you're facing the tension between godliness and worldliness, if you're facing all the things that the world is trying to throw at you, then this message is for you because we are all in this world together looking forward to what's to come. Amen? All right. The thing that we run the most from may very well be the vehicle that God uses to mature our faith. The very thing that we run the most from may very well be the thing that God uses to mature our faith. I'm talking about suffering. I'm talking about the struggle. I'm talking about situations in our lives that make us feel uncomfortable, anxious, uneasy, or fearful, uncertain. Those situations, those 
things, those seasons that you find yourself in, we try to run from those things when God actually is inviting us to discover him in those seasons and in the wilderness. This is what I'm saying, that suffering solidifies. Suffering solidifies. Here's what I mean. Suffering has a way of solidifying what you believe. Going through tough times, whether it's something super serious, you lost a family member, or you're facing some kind of temptation, it solidifies who you are and what you believe. Trials and the fire of testing actually tend to make us double down in what we believe. Suffering shows you what you're really made of. Trial shows you what you're really made of. Temptation shows what your faith is really made of. You could be going to church and life's good and it's fine and you're like following Jesus, I guess. And like you got Christian friends and stuff, but then life hits you in the face and all of a sudden you're at this crossroads of, wait, do I actually believe this Jesus thing? Do I actually believe that I'm serving God? Do I actually believe that there's more to this life than just pleasure and making myself happy and chasing the dream? Do I actually believe that there's more to this? Do I actually believe in the cross that I'm broken and in need of forgiveness? Do I actually believe that? Or is that just kind of a nice little idea and something to do on Thursday nights? Suffering has a way of solidifying what we believe in our lives. And if you know me, you know I love movies and specifically I love the Rocky franchise. Okay, there's some of my favorite movies ever. Rocky IV is the best one of all of them. Don't even try to argue with it. Rocky IV is just superior, okay? But my second favorite of all the Rocky movies is the sixth one called Rocky Balboa and it came out I think in 2006 or something like that. And uh, there's this amazing scene, context of the movie, basically. Rocky's been retired from boxing for a long time, but there's this... Uh, video game exhibition match uh, that gets shown on TV with him fighting a fighter who's in the modern day. And he actually comes out of retirement for one more exhibition fight and it's awesome. And he's like way older. So he just looks way older, but he's like rugged and it's just awesome. And there he is and he's facing Mason Dixon in the ring. And it's just this really cool thing. This guy who's at the top of his prime versus the seasoned fighter, Rocky Balboa. They're meeting in the ring and they're just, it's just a slugfest. These guys are just fighting, giving it their everything. And Rocky gets knocked out. He gets knocked to the canvas in one of the last rounds and everything goes slow motion and he's falling to the floor and he's falling and he's having these flashbacks of his coach and of his wife that had passed away and all these voices and he's hearing and he's talking to himself. And he's saying, what, what was that that I said to my son that one time when we were, we were talking in the street? What was it that I said to him? And, and I love this quote uh, from this movie. And he says, life ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. I love that quote. And I think it speaks to exactly what we're talking about. It's not Bible, obviously, but I think it's a good point to be made that suffering, pain, trials, wilderness, loneliness has a way of actually showing us what do I really believe about Jesus? What do I really believe about the cross? Do I actually believe that this is real, worth dying for, worth giving my life for? Or was it just a kind of nice thing to do on Sundays with my friends? It, it solidifies our faith. That's why we shouldn't run from suffering. The Bible actually says rejoice when you face trials of any kind because you know that it produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. 
What else does suffering do? Suffering sanctifies. Suffering sanctifies. And I know it's super Christianese language, so I'm gonna break it down. Suffering sanctifies. The word sanctify means set apart. Means here's the group over here. Here's the world, here's the norm. But suffering sanctifies. It pulls people out of the norm into this little club, so to speak, of holy ones. Of ones who are so set apart for God. Here's how this works. It's in a season of testing and pain that I have two choices. Do I run into the arms of a world whose systems are actually trying to kill me? Or do I accept the embrace of the father who loves me and has a perfect plan? We have a decision in the wilderness. We have a decision in seasons of pain to either accept the arms and the embrace of the world who's run by the devil. And ultimately it's not for our good. It's for our hurt. It's to take us away from God. Or when we're in the context of suffering, we have the decision to lean into who he is, lean into what he's about and say, God, what do you have to say about this trial? And I love, uh, there's this quote that I heard that God doesn't deliver you from the fire. He'll make you fireproof. He didn't take, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3, he didn't take them out of the fire. What did he do? Jesus was with them in it. And it's funny, they actually never asked to be taken out of the fire because they didn't need to because Jesus was there. We gotta have this perspective about suffering that man, this sucks right now. But Jesus is in the fire with me and he's got a better plan. God uses the fire of suffering to refine us. This is how they purify metals, by the way. Like when you buy the purest form of gold, it means that over and over and over and over and over and over again, it was melted down, the impurities rise to the top, and then somebody sifts away the impurities. And then the metal cools, then they repeat the process all over again. This is the process that we're in when we're going through tough stuff in our lives. Whether it be temptation, whether it be loss, whether it be depression, you fill in the blank of whatever suffering you're facing. What the enemy meant for evil, God determined for good. How good is God that the devil could mess with your life, but God's like, hey, it's actually okay because I'm gonna turn it for your good. I'm actually gonna change you in it. I'm gonna... I'm gonna forge you and I'm gonna work some stuff out of you. Some of those impurities, some of those desires that I don't have for you, some things that you're struggling with in the fire of this furnace of suffering, that it, those impurities are gonna rise to, to the top and by my spirit, I'm gonna sift those things away. I've never grown more than in the context of suffering. I've never grown more in my walk with God than when it's me and him and I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never grown more in my faith than in those seasons. I don't grow a lot in my faith when everything's like super chill. I'm just like doing work and, you know, ministry and it's fun, it's good. I've got friends and like the whole thing, there's no stress or whatever. No, it's when I'm stressed to the max, I feel like I have no control and I cry out to God and I say, Lord, whatever you're trying to work out of me, you got it. Do whatever you need to do because I've been here before. I know this is a season. I know this is, I know what suffering feels like, what it looks like. So God, just do what you want to do with me in this season. If you're with me, say amen. First Peter 4, 3. You've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their, their immorality and their lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, you're 
former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things that they do. Does that relate to anybody? Your friends are all surprised. You're like, dude, what happened to you? You used to like drink with us and smoke with us. What happened to you? That's what he's talking about. So they slander you, but remember that they will have to face God, praise God, who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That's why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the spirit. We're gonna focus on that first part there. You've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and their lust and their feasting and their drunkenness and their wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. And we read that and they're like, oh yeah, back then they're idols, they're little statues. As if this isn't an idol, you know what I mean? Their, their worship of idols, of course, your former friends. What is he saying? He's calling us, Peter, but ultimately God, the author and finisher of our faith, he's calling us to embrace the new. This is the first, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. The old has gone and the new has become. The beauty of the gospel is that I get to move on. I get to move on. I am not bound. Hear me, look, look into my eyeballs. You are not bound by the sin that you think you're bound by. Yes, I'm not saying that addiction's not real. I'm not saying that it's not difficult, but you are not bound to it. God says you are no longer a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness, amen? If you are in Christ, you are made free, out with the old and in with the new. I get to move on. It's the beauty of the gospel. I'm free from the world and its way of doing things. And guess what? God will deal with those who decide to ridicule me or even shun me because I made a decision about Jesus to follow him, to pursue him, to say no to the world, yes to the things of heaven, and people ridicule and mock and persecute and say all kinds of things. Oh my gosh, she's such a Christian girl now, whatever. God will deal with those people, praise him, praise God, because if I try to deal with them, it ain't gonna be good, it ain't gonna be pretty. And I understand it is so difficult to say no to temptation. We're like, yeah, let's say yes to the new and out with the old. Guys, can we just be honest? It's hard. Most of us are in public school, even in private school. It's tough. It's hard to say no to a party. Can we be really real? It's really hard to say no when that person wanted to hook up with you. It's really hard to say no to a website. It's really hard to say no to that drink. But the invitation is to step into the new. And I love this. This is Eugene Peterson's summary of Matthew 11, uh, 20 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn, I love this, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's not my way, it's not the world's way, it's not her way, it's not his way, it's God's way. And the beauty is as I get to know him, I walk with him, I begin to trust him more than anybody else in my life and I trust that what he says is best for me. That's why maybe it's like 
yeah, well, like I love what you're saying, dude, and I love the worship, and I love, but I just, I don't have that like conviction. I don't like feel bad about what I'm doing. It's because you haven't spent time with God a lot yet, so you haven't developed a trust there. The reason you trust your dad, the reason you trust your mom, the reason you trust older people in your life is because you've been with them and you trust their leadership. Have you given God a chance to convince you that you can trust him? Have you given God the chance to convince you that you can trust him? Have you given him the margin? Have you given him the space to convince you, to coax you into this way of living that you could trust me? You could trust that the way that I've designed you, the things that I have for you, they're better than what the world offers. Oh, no, no, you, like you gotta drink to have fun. But his way says there's lasting joy in his house and with his people. Well, everyone watches porn. It's fine. But his way says that he created sex and has the best, most fulfilling plan for it. See, when I get to know God, and I walk with him. This is why daily devotion is so important, by the way. When I'm consistently with him, I, I grow to love him and then I love what he loves. It's this process. Because non-believers are people who haven't been in church that long or whatever, they just think rules. No, no, no. You get to know God and it's delight. He reveals something that's going on in you. Hey, maybe you shouldn't be like talking to them in that way, or maybe you shouldn't be talking about that teacher in that way, or maybe you shouldn't be talking to your parents that way, or maybe you shouldn't be watching that. And when you have this well of love for God in your heart, it's not like, are you kidding me? Lord, really? No, it's like, okay, Lord, that's gonna be a struggle, but man, I love you. I love what you love. Let's do this. Let's go on the journey together. Finally, 1 Peter 4, verse 7. Peter says, the end of the world is coming soon. By the way, that was written 2,000 years ago. They were, they were living with urgency and we ought to live with urgency, by the way. We ought to live. Can we just talk about the reality that Jesus is returning? I hope you know that. I hope you know that Jesus didn't just ascend to heaven. He's just there for all eternity and we're here and we're just gonna die and rot away. No, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords at some point is gonna split the sky and he is going to return and he's coming back for his people. He's gonna make the wrong things right. He's gonna deal with the sin problem once and for all. He's gonna deal with the brokenness and the, the problem of depravity in the world once and for all. And we ought to live with urgency. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift. Everyone say gift. Everyone say gift. He's given you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. He has graced you with a gift for his glory. He's graced you. He's blessed you. He's marked you with a gift for his own glory. Not for mine, 
because I'm going to die one day. And in about a hundred years, people are going to completely forget that I ever existed. And I have this eternal life with him, but I'd rather spend my time right here using whatever abilities, talents, giftings, anointings that God has given me. I'd rather have that and, and use that to celebrate the one who's eternal and that gave me the gifts in the first place. And we think of our talents and abilities are for us to show how great we are. When actually they're to be a testament of God's goodness and his kindness. There's this drummer uh, that I follow on YouTube that I followed for a really long time and um, got to kind of watch his like career like explode. And he's a follower of Jesus. And remember I was watching one of his like vlogs and he was on this crazy tour. Like nobody ever thought he would like book a tour with a band of this scale, but like he did, he's just this YouTube drummer, but these guys heard about him and it was this crazy thing. And I remember the tour was over and he, he put up this vlog on YouTube talking about his, uh, his journey and he was answering people's questions and stuff and people were asking him like, dude, you know, you've never played in front of 15,000, 20,000, 25,000 people. Like how ner- you must've been so nervous. And I'll never forget this. He's talking to the camera and he was like, you, you know what, I'm actually, I used to get nervous about it. But then I had to change the way that I thought about it and I realized God gave me the gift. And I'm not nervous anymore because if I mess up, who cares? I'm just doing it for God's glory. And this is a secular band, by the way. And here he is, this faithful follower of Jesus, just playing drums And the 30,000 people watching him play have no idea, but he's playing away, giving glory to God the whole time. And I love this old worship song from Phil Wickham. The first lyric is, if you're the sun, I wanna be the moon. I wanna reflect the light that shines from you. Most of us wanna be the sun. We wanna be the hero. We wanna be the main character. I think that's like a trend right now. We wanna be the main character of our lives. And in some ways you are, it's your life. But man, I have found so much more joy in being a reflection of his glory. It's kind of weird when people say, hey, you killed it on the drums or that was a great message or whatever. It's like, thank you. But at the end of the day, I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this literally for him. Can you say the same about the gifts in your lives? The things that he's gifted you, graced you to do, whether it's play football or it's dance or whatever, or you're an incredible student. Do you do it to the glory of God? Last verse that we're reading, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. You've probably heard it. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. I don't think he's saying you gotta eat your cereal in the morning for the glory of God. (laughs) But what has he gifted you to do? I'm gonna call up, Will and Emmy, and we'll close in a song of worship, but what has he graced you to do in your life? <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying everybody's called to ministry. I'm not saying everybody's called to preach. I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. But what if I told you, what if I told you that you can be a swimmer, swimming away in a pool, doing the butterfly, whatever, for the glory of God, 
and nobody even knows, but it's just between you and him. Lord, if I win or lose, if I have the best swim time, Lord, if I, if I score 14 points in this game or if I score zero, Lord, it's all for your glory. That's such a freeing way to live, by the way, because it takes the pressure off. It's no longer about like, oh man, I gotta do so good because like I gotta impress myself, I gotta impress my friends, I gotta impress my family, I gotta, like, it, it's no longer about that. It's, Lord, you gave me a gift. You gave me a gift. You've given me talents and abilities. And between you and me and maybe, and, and the people around me, Lord, I'm using that gift for your glory and for your glory alone. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you. Lord, tonight we ask that Or that whether, if we're in a, a season of, of some kind of suffering, trial, or struggle, where we wanna meet you in the fire and be changed by you. God, we want to use whatever you've given us, whatever giftings, abilities that you've given us, Father. Lord, I ask that we would shift and it would not be about my life and me being great, but Lord, that it would truly, our heart posture would truly be one of giving you the glory in everything that we do. Whether we got an A on that test, we scored a touchdown, would we be the moon reflecting your glory? Lord, it's, 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 it's my, it's my life, but it's not mine at all. Change the way that we view success, God. Just for a second, I want us to shift our, our definition of success in our lives. I want to stand before God one, one day and hear him say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. You used the gifts that I gave you and you gave glory to me through them. You played drums for my glory. You preached for my glory. You played the defensive line for my glory. You sang in the choir for my glory. You performed in these shows and in theater and musicals and you did it for my glory. We honor you tonight, Jesus, in your name. That was such a great word. I hope you were blessed by it. I know that I was. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed for any future messages and also to follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH to keep up to date with everything we have going on here. See you next time.